It was a long walk back to Customs Point where Chiazzo kept his house and the wind off the sea carried a definite edge. Essingen drew his coat tighter around his shoulders, glanced at the nearest clock tower, its face bright against the dull pewter clouds. Plenty of time, he thought. He wasn't due until the evening meal, or it would be if he didn't dawdle. But in spite of himself, in spite of knowing better, he found his steps slowing. He didn't really want to go back to Chiazzo's house, where everyone knew he was on sufferance, Chiazzo only waiting for the right moment to be rid of him. The streets in their own way were warmer, particularly in the pocket markets where candy sellers vied with the hot nuts women outside the doors of the more settled stores. Shop girls and respectable matrons stood in line for both, and the air was heavy with wood smoke and the sharp smell of the roasting nuts. There would be hot cider in the taverns, better than warmed beer on an autumn evening, and he wished, suddenly, that Wraith was there to share a glass with him. It would have been nice to talk over Meaning's reading with the pointsman, let him turn his South River common sense loose on it, and hopefully talk him out of the mood that was settling into his bones. Not a bad mood, Eslingen thought, and not a bad feeling, just a melancholy as tart as the smoke-tinged air, and he hesitated for an instant, almost ready to turn on his heel and walk back to Point of Dreams. Then his own common sense reasserted itself. It was too far, too impractical, and besides, it was still wise to be discreet, to give Chiazzo time to bring about whatever it was he was planning, and he joined the line in front of the nearest sweet cellar instead. They sold soft sugar candies this time of year, molded in the shapes of castles and horses, and, this year, the drowned island. He bought four running horses, honoring his birth sign, and paused to nibble one in the doorway of the nearest tavern. The sugar melted on his tongue, sweet with the faintest undertone of bitterness, the taste of autumn itself, and he glanced sideways to see the tavern suddenly crammed with figures. He blinked, startled. He would have sworn there had only been a pair of old men drinking by the fire, and then recognized at least some few of the faces. Dead men. All of them. Old friends, and one or two old enemies. And even the winter lover he hadn't thought of in at least ten years, lounging long-legged against the mantelpiece, laughing with contamine laduri, handsome as he'd ever been before a ball smashed his face in some nameless town ten leagues from all time. Eslingen caught his breath, turning fully to the door, and the shades vanished again. It was just the ghost tide, he told himself, nothing more, but in spite of himself he stepped into the cool shadows and was disappointed when they didn't reappear. He made his way to the bar anyway, feeling the ghosts gathering again behind him, and the barmaid came to meet him with the faint lines of a frown between her brows. She was no maid, more likely a grandmother, and Eslingen forced a smile. Is there... "'Hot whiskey, dame?' She nodded slowly, her eyes fixed on the room behind him, and it was all Eslingen could do to keep from turning. "'Aye, soldier. Three demons.' Eslingen produced the coins, laid them carefully on the knife-scarred counter. "'How do you know I'd been a soldier?' The old woman laughed, a cackle that stirred the old man at the fire to look curiously at them. "'You brought your company with you?' "'And so I did.' Eslingen nodded, seeing them again at the edges of his sight. Companionable, really, a company on the verge of going into winter quarters, and slowly felt himself relax a little. It was the ghost tide, that was all. The ghosts, and his melancholy, and maybe even his fears, just the stars turning, opening a brief door, letting the ghosts of the timely dead walk where usually only the untimely could, or did.
and the violence of the deaths around him had nothing to do with untimeliness. They had accepted the possibility when they signed on. None of these shades meant ill. He watched the old woman pour a thrifty dram from the stone bottle, warming in its simmering pot, wrapped his long fingers around the thick clay as it warmed to his touch. The liquor smelled of cloves and allspice, and he lifted the glass to the empty room before he drained it. The old woman nodded, grim approval, and he set the glass back on the bar, feeling oddly better. He'd been dreading seeing his ghosts, he realized. At least these weren't the ones he feared. Point of Dreams A Novel of Austriot Written by Melissa Scott and Lisa A. Barnett Narrated by Mark Mullaney In general, Lieutenant, Austriot is primed for folly.